talking about what it means to be family, to be parents, to be married to one another, talking about God blessing us in those relationships. This morning, we want to talk very briefly about modeling. Now, I know that when you think of the word modeling, you think of supermodeling, okay? But this morning, we're not thinking about supermodeling, unless, of course, we're talking about being a supermodel as opposed to a supermodel. There's a difference. So this morning, we're talking about ways in which we need to model our faith. Specifically, I'm thinking about parents modeling faith for your kids, or maybe grandparents modeling your faith for your kids. Now, here's something interesting. I don't know if you've ever done this. Probably haven't. Preachers do this kind of thing. I got on the internet this week, and I looked at websites, and I, I spent time only looking at scholarly websites, websites that talked about modeling from the perspective of parent-child relationships. If you want to get a PhD in psychology, it's not hard. All you have to do is think of some way in which parents are supposed to be models to children and then do a study on how parents modeling that behavior, whatever it might be for your kids, is going to impact them and you can get a PhD. Now, there's some obvious ones, okay? Uh, Do your parents smoke? That's going to have an impact on the behaviors and the attitude that children have towards smoking. Drinking. That's going to have an impact on kids. If the parents drink, the kids are more likely to drink as well. Uh, Sexual activity. Parents modeling or Attitudes toward that, that's going to have an impact on kids. Now, those are some very obvious ones. There's some more obvious ones, but then there's some that are not so obvious. For example, females in accelerated math programs. Whether or not you're a female who's really into math may well depend on how much your mother was really into math. Um, Financial practices and investing. What your dad invests in is most likely what you're going to invest in. Apprehension about communication. Are you nervous when you have to talk to somebody new? Whether or not your parents modeled that for you is probably going to impact you. Vegetable consumption. Whether or not you like vegetables probably is dependent upon whether or not your children or your parents liked vegetables. Christmas gift-giving behavior. What do you give? How much did you spend? What kind of gift was it? Depends on what your parents did. Um, Likelihood of divorce, anxiety and panic, Um, academic self-regulation. What does that mean? We don't know. But your parents are responsible for it in you. And so if you uh, have the ability to study on your own, it may be because your parents have the ability to study on their own. Storytelling behavior. Whether or not you can tell good stories, all depends on whether or not your dad told you good stories. Uh, reading habits, a manner of bereavement, attitudes toward vaccines, um, attitudes toward hunting. That bears out, I think. Attitudes toward race relations. And then here's one. Machiavellian orientation. Okay? Your, you probably didn't know this. Your Machiavellian orientation is absolutely dependent on the Machiavellian orientation of your parents. Okay? Now that has to do with the manipulation and exploitation of people for selfish ends. If you use people, your kids are going to use people. Okay? Um, driving habits, employment patterns, athletic involvement, 
video game involvement. If your parents were really into video games, then you probably are too. My dad didn't know what a video game was, and so I don't play them. Okay? <laughs> Ecological concern. There's all kinds of things. It all comes down to parenting and modeling and whether or not your parents do a certain thing. Now, the Bible actually talks about this concept as well. Peter, if you want to turn on the uh, PowerPoint. Modeling the faith. We need to model the faith for sure. Next slide. Scripture witnesses to the power there is in modeling. And this isn't very hard to see. We can see it pretty quickly. Next slide. We're able, we are to imitate God and Christ. Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. John 13.15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. In 1 Peter 2.21, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. And it just makes sense that we need to model ourselves after God. It's throughout scripture. God's character is what we want to model the the uh, way in which Jesus conducted himself here on earth while alive, that's how we need to live our lives as well. Next slide. It's not just God and Christ, however, that scripture talks about us modeling. We are to imitate the apostolic example. And so Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Paul recognized himself as a kind of pattern and example for others to follow. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that's actually verse 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Notice we follow after God, we follow after Christ and the apostles. In following after God, our examples for us. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16, therefore I urge you to imitate me, Paul says. And so there's apostolic example and we need to imitate and follow after the apostles. But then it's not just the apostles, we are to set an example for each other. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Titus 2, 7, and everything set an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity and seriousness. And then in Hebrews 13, chapter 13, verse 7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And so there's a responsibility that we have toward each other. It makes sense then, if we have this kind of responsibility towards each other, that we're going to have that kind of responsibility to our kids as well. And so, here's the principle. What kind of Christian do you want your kids to be? What kind of Christian do you want your kids to be? That's not a hard thing. Most likely, you can outline that fairly specifically. Like it'd be easier for you to detail the kind of things that you want to see in the lives of your kids. You say, well, I want my kids to be completely devoted to Christ. I want my children to serve the Lord with all of their hearts. I want them to know the Bible well. I want them to make a financial contribution to the church and to the Lord's work. I'd like my kids to be missionaries. I, I want my children to treat others kindly. I want them to be willing to make sacrifices for Christ. I want them to serve in the church and to teach. Here's the principle. 
when you analyze and map out what it is that you want your kids to be in the Lord, be that. Be that. That's the principle when it comes to modeling. You establish what it is that you want your children to be and then be that. Is it guaranteed? <laughs> Certainly not. Robin and I have a, a dear friend. We've known the Henniger family for years and years and years now, ever since I was a youth minister in California. Bill Henniger served Pepperdine University for 30 years. He's now retired. A wonderful man, served as a deacon, served as an elder. He's taught. Uh, just a, a wonderful Christian man. His kids struggled. Absolutely struggled. Sometimes it's not as effective as you want it to be. But we need nonetheless to take the responsibility of being great examples. I can think of a family who, uh, wonderful Christian family in many ways. The one thing that although they were great servants of Christ and did a wonderful job in being what God wanted them to be, the one place where I always wondered that they maybe should have been careful about their example was in the way in which they talked about the church. Sometimes they would talk negatively about the church. They talked negatively about what the church was doing or people within the church. And they were great folks, but they just liked to talk negatively amongst themselves about the church. They, like all of us, can see the warts. They know there's problems. And the parents would consistently, unfortunately, talk about the negative things in the church in front of their kids. Well, what do you think happened? As time went on, the kids developed quite a negative attitude about the church. And the parents would love to have their children be as faithful as can be and to love the church and to serve in the church and to be the Christians that God wanted them to be, but they weren't. And the only flaw that I could find in all of that was the idea that they would be critical of the church in front of their children. And so it's so crucial, so important that our modeling be what it needs to be. Peter, you want to come up here? Peter Roberts, our new youth minister, comes from a long heritage of Christian families. And I asked Peter if he would come up and if he would just talk about what it means for him as a younger Christian man, younger, is that fair to say? Younger than me? Taller, but younger? To talk about what it means for him to have received great examples before him in the Lord. Sir. <clears throat> well, I considered with the opportunity given by Kelly to, uh, to be up here to mention um, what you may have noticed on the front, front of the bulletin uh, about the Canucks, um, but I'll, I'll refrain. I don't think I need to say anything, so I don't want to make any enemies right away here. So, um, But he has just asked me, I guess, to share some examples I've had of um, good Christian modeling in my life, and I feel incredibly blessed to have had uh, a lot of that in my life um, and some great examples of that. Um, it was really hard thinking about uh, well, it was very easy, actually, to come up with examples. It's very hard to pick which ones I'd share with you. 
Um, but two people jumped into my head right away when he asked me, and I was really excited to be able to share them with you. And um, These are two of my grandparents, um, both of whom have passed away in the past year. Um, but as, as they passed away, you might have experienced it in the past. As people pass away in your life, it causes you to reflect on the impact they've had in your life. And I've, had, I've been doing a lot of that over the past year. Um, and so I want to share just a few examples and ways in which they had an impact on my life. Um, the first lady I want to share with you is Marge Roberts, who is my grandma, who many of you probably know. Um, if you don't, uh, it's, I'm really... Um, it's just really too bad that you, you didn't get to meet her. Um, she's the type of lady that um, most people, including myself, when, when I'd meet someone, including my wife Chelsea, first thing I wanted her to do was to meet my grandma, Marge, um, because of how incredible a lady she is. And uh, you, you may have noticed our, you actually probably haven't, but our daughter's name is Eva Marjorie, named after Marjorie Roberts, my grandma. So... Um, just one a note. Anyway, um, as I reflected on her life, the impact she's had on me, there is one example that sticks out of my mind, uh, and it was a very direct... Um, I mean, the way that she lived her life was a model to myself and many people, and it was definitely apparent as you, as you sat at her, her memorial service. Uh, it, was very, it was just incredible um, to see and hear the stories of people she's impacted, people I didn't even know existed. Um, so, I mean, it's, a, it's really hard, actually, to give specific examples of the way in which she did that. Um, if I were to just, I guess, explain it and try and encompass it all, um, I'd have to just say, I guess, that when I look at her life and the way she lived it and the way that um, she's had an impact on my life is the way that she lived her life for others and in the way that she lived her life for Christ. Uh, and it was just, it, it radiated out of her, and it, it impacted everyone that she, um, that she came in touch with. And the thing that came out at her memorial service was, from everyone, was that they felt like my grandma loved them so much. Everyone uh, said that no matter what, what, no matter what circumstances they found themselves in in life, um, they would always think of her and know that she loved them very much. Uh, but one example I have was a time actually when I was living in Calgary here. I haven't had the chance yet to share my story with you guys or um, my life with you, but I, I did have a short period where I lived in Calgary in my past. Uh, I was actually at a very difficult time in my life where I was struggling, um, making good decisions for myself, and uh, was living a pretty self-destructive um, lifestyle. And had disconnected from from church, from from uh, the faith I'd grown up with. Uh, I grew up in the church, um, and I had disconnected from my family. Um, but there's one time I remember being in Calgary here, getting a phone call from my grandma, um, which is very strange because like I'd talked to my mom and my dad during that time once every three, two or three months, um, if I felt like answering the phone and. Those weren't very often pleasant conversations um, because it was hard for them, obviously, the way I was living my life, um, having to deal with that. But my grandma called me one day and said, hey, can we go for coffee? And I was sure that my they were just coming through town here. I was sure, it was her and my grandpa, that they were going to uh, 
I was going to get preached at and they were just going to tell me everything I'm doing wrong with my life, but I thought, hey, this is cool. My grandma wants to go for coffee, so I'll go for coffee with them. I hadn't seen family for a long time, so I went and went for coffee with them. And uh, I drove away from that coffee. Um, I guess you can say my heart was softened a lot. Um, because she wasn't there to preach at me and she wasn't there to tell me everything I was doing wrong. She was there to tell me that she just loved me. Um, and the way she did that was incredible. Um, so I guess that's just one specific example from her life. There's, there's hundreds, but more than anything, she lived her life for others and she loved others. Um, the other guy I wanted to talk, tell you about was Roger Peterson, uh, who many of you also probably know. Um, Roger's my grandpa. He's my mom's dad. And... Eva's not named after Roger, but uh, I've been trying to convince Chelsea for about two years now to name our first son Roger, so if you guys can help me with that. Uh, right now, she's not giving in, so anyway, I don't know how Roger Roberts would sound, but anyway, Roger is, um, he's one of my favorite guys in the world. Uh, I never even thought about it being hard to talk about about them. I haven't done it very much. Um, but uh, much like my grandma's funeral, I, it was just this past February. Um, I was going through a time, a fairly, I guess to share a fairly personal um, uh, part of my life, I guess. At that time in my life, I was, I was in ministry in Victoria, and I was just just going through a little bit of a difficult time in ministry. There are times where, um, I don't know, I guess with any job, really, you probably go through periods where you're feeling a little bit discouraged or maybe, like, you're not really sure what, what to do uh, next. And that was kind of a time I was going through for a little bit there. Um, and my grandpa passed away, and I, I ended up out there. and It was in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and um, I'll never forget this day the rest of my life because... Um, much like my grandma's funeral, but even more so, I guess, at, at, at Roger's funeral. Um, it was incredible, the amount of people that were there. And all day, people continually came to me. Um, and many people thanked me. For, I don't know why they thanked me, but they thanked me for my grandpa and uh, the impact that he had on their life. Uh, he was the president of Western Christian College for a long time. He taught at Western Christian College for a long time. Uh, or the principal, sorry, not the president. Um, but uh, he was involved in a lot of people's lives and impacted a lot of people. Um, and I already knew that, but it, I was very overwhelmed um, to find out all these people who I, again, didn't know existed. Um, but there was the, the instant I, I remember, and I'll never forget for the rest of my life, was standing... Uh, at his graveside, as as um, we were laying him in his grave, um, I don't know what it was. I think it was a culmination of everything. But uh, I actually I remember feeling like probably the, one of the most incredible feelings of peace um, I felt in a long time. And so I'll, no, I'll never forget it. But I just remember. Um, feeling a joy inside and just knowing that I'm going to live my life um, 
as much as possible for God. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, really the, the reason that I continue to ministry and um, why God has led me here um, was because of that day there at my grandpa's funeral and hearing the stories and the things that he did throughout his life and the modeling that he, he's given me uh, inspired me. Um, I guess to achieve and to do incredible things for God, and so um, so I'm trying to do with my life. So I think that's it. You said I had three minutes. There was a, so you'll learn that you should maybe be careful when you only give me a couple minutes. Um, but there was like my first instinct, obviously, was to think of my parents. But you know, as as children are born and they look at their parents, I think they think their parents know everything. Uh, and then as they become teenagers, they think they know nothing. At least that's how I, how, how I felt. Uh, I'm slowly learning that my parents do actually know something um, and are actually incredible people. Um, but just a, a very um, good example, I guess, of my father and some modeling he's given me recently uh, has been um, a couple years ago. He was living in Dauphin, Manitoba. He was an elder of the church there. And uh, he... He usually isn't as open as he was. For some reason, he opened up to me and shared with me uh, how he's feeling. He was he was feeling like he really wanted to move. Um, personally, he was feeling like he wanted to move, but he knew God wanted him there and needed him there to to work with that church family. And he said, "Peter, I just he was he was discouraged, but he was just sharing with me that I don't know why he wanted to, he just wanted to share that, but um, but he told me." that I'll, I'll never make a, a decision based upon my own personal um, feelings of what I want. He said, I know God wants me here and needs me here, and I'm going to stay here until that changes. And He's now in Regina, actually, but but he's, he stayed there for an extra two years. Um, anyway, but recently, in my decision to come here to Calgary, um, I had a lot of conversations with my dad about that. And uh, just like he said, like Kelly said, that was... Like, like my dad did. Um, when I now get into situations where I feel like I'm stuck, I don't know what to do, what decision to make, I look to my to my parents for the models, the examples I have in my life, and look to see what they've done. So, that's it. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate that. There's great power in our heritage, great power in the examples that have gone before us, and we need to continue to be the great models and examples for others that we need to be. One of these days, somebody's going to be standing somewhere and talking about the example that you were for them. What kind of example will that be? Let's stand and sing.